That's a nice story. Howdy, you're listening to Come and Take It, a talk show about Texas by Texans, where three friends born and raised in the Lone Star State share our views on the history, culture, and just what it means to be Texan. I'm Mike Zolkowski. I'm Sean McIver. And I'm Scott Elfstrom. In the 1960s, Houston was home of the largest and most successful African-American-owned record label in the country. It established Houston as one of the great homes for American soul music. This week, we talk about Houston Soul and Peacock Records. But first, what's your favorite mural in Texas? I will always remember uh, the steam locomotive that was painted on the side of a wall in downtown Smithville, Texas. Uh, we used to always pass it on our way through town to visit my grandmother when we drove from Texas City to uh, Austin, Bastrop area. Um, as of 2008, it looks like it was still there, but honestly, since they built the highway around the town, we never went through town anymore, so I have no idea if it's still there. But it will always live on in my memory, regardless. Well, um, there's a lot of malls that are being torn down. Talk of famous murals that are going away. And those are beautiful. But the one I want to talk about is on the side of some giant uh, oil storage tanks uh, and down off of Highway 225 in Beltway 8, you can find that somebody's painted these giant murals of Sam Houston and his men marching on the battlefield. And so there's several scenes of uh, Alamo glory rendered in uh, easy to see from the highway. I think that's cool. Um, well, my favorite is actually no longer in existence. It is the underpass uh, to of Good Latimer on the way into Deep Ellum in downtown Dallas. And it's not anything particular. It was just this every square inch of these three underpasses were completely covered in uh, what some might call graffiti, but it was actually very, very good art, um, psychedelic art. So it's torn down, torn down a couple of years ago when they got rid of the uh, underpass and built the DART station. So sad to say art is gone. Yeah, that was some really good street art. And uh, when I worked down there in Deep Ellum area, I would drive by that quite a bit. And it was always nice. So we will continue to remember that. And I'm sure you can find photos of it online. Memories, memories, memories. We've talked in prior episodes about the great legends of Texas music, such as Willie Nelson, ZZ Top, and Buddy Holly. We've also looked at a number of popular and pioneering Texas rock musicians who you didn't realize were from the Lone Star State. One of those, and one of the most popular and successful Texas musicians of the 1960s and 70s, was Joe Tex, whose legendary funk soul hit, I Gotcha, can be traced to his earliest days as a popular Houston singer. Houston has had a long tradition of great jazz, blues, soul, and funk music from pioneering blues musician Lightning Hopkins all the way to Beyonce. Evidence of this tradition is in the fact that from the 1940s until the 1970s, Houston was home to the largest and most successful African-American record label in the country, Peacock Records. The story of Peacock Records is the story of its founder and owner, Don Roby. He was born in 1903 in the poor Fifth Ward neighborhood of Houston. His grandfather was the son of a plantation owner and a slave who rose in life to become a physician in Houston. Roby's father was a chef and his mother was a laborer. Roby dropped out of school early, claiming that he intended to pursue a gambling career. He moved around working around the country and at some point wound up in Los Angeles, 
where he set up his first nightclub. He returned to Houston in the 1930s as a sales rep for a liquor distributor, and he established himself in Houston's black business community. Despite the Great Depression, Roby prospered, starting a taxi service and then opening several nightclubs and dance halls. He soon branched into promoting musicians from out of state to perform in his clubs. In 1945, Roby opened the Bronze Peacock Dinner Club, where he soon began to promote dances that featured stars such as Ruth Brown, Louis Jordan, Lionel Hampton, and T-Bone Walker. In common with the famed Balinese in nearby Galveston, the club was also a den of illegal gambling. Houston historian Roger Wood described the club as arguably the most sophisticated African-America-owned and operated nightclub in the South during the 1940s and 1950s. It hired only the most prestigious chefs and offered an extensive menu of fine food and drink. Its roomy stage hosted productions featuring the leading uptown musical acts of the era. It catered exclusively to an adult clientele with relatively exquisite tastes in music, food, and fashion. People with money to spend and a desire to do so in high style. Roby's club was so successful that he expanded his interests within the music industry. He became the manager for a legendary blues singer Clarence Gatemouth Brown in 1947 through his new Buffalo booking agency. After two years of failing to find commercial success for Brown on the Aladdin label, Roby started his own label for Brown, Peacock Records. According to Johnson, Roby didn't know a record from a hubcap. He found success with Brown and soon began signing other R&B artists, including Marie Adams, Johnny Otis, and Memphis Slim. The label's biggest success in this period came in 1952 with Big Mama Thornton's number one hit, Hound Dog, a song that later was reworked by Elvis Presley into an even bigger hit with Memphis's Sun Records. Roby also provided Little Richard with his second recording contract after he left RCA Camden. In 1952, Roby merged his Peacock label with Duke Records of Memphis. Duke had been founded that year in Memphis by radio DJ David Mathis, who developed a relationship with Roby. Thus, Duke Peacock was born, although Roby took over full ownership of the label the following year. The level of effort needed in running these labels forced Roby to close down the Bronze Peacock Club in order to transform it into a rehearsal and recording studio. Initially, the Duke Peacock Company's biggest star was Johnny Ace, a young singer and pianist from Memphis. In 1954, in between sets at a concert in Houston City Auditorium with Big Mama Thornton, Ace accidentally killed himself while playing with a loaded revolver. After Ace's death, the gap was filled by other musicians, including Junior Parker and another blues legend, Bobby Bland. For the most part, Duke was the home of the blues and R&B artists. Peacock's focus was generally on gospel and jazz, featuring groups such as the Dixie Hummingbirds, the Mighty Clouds of Joy, the Five Blind Boys of Mississippi, and the Swan Silvertones. In addition to the main labels, Roby launched or acquired a number of sub-labels, including Sure Shot and Songbird. Probably the most famous was the Backbeat label, which specialized in pure soul music. By far the biggest success of the Backbeat label was from Central Texas native Roy Head. In 1965, his band Roy Head and the Traits recorded the song Treat Her Right, at Gold Star Studios, later known as Sugar Hill Recording Studios, in Houston. Roby released the song and it reached number two on both the U.S. pop and R&B charts in 1965. It was blocked from hitting number one by the Beatles song, Yesterday. Treat Right has been covered by Jimmy Page, Bruce Springsteen, Jerry Lee Lewis, Bon Jovi, Mae West, 
Barbara Mandrell, Bob Dylan, Sammy Davis Jr., Tom Jones, and The Commitments. Backbeat also found some success with Detroit singer Carl Carlton, who later had a number six hit in 1974 with the song Everlasting Love. For the most part, though, Backbeat was more influential than it was successful, the mostly obscure records being popular with British blues and soul fans. By the turn of the 70s, Roby was getting older, and he had less energy to devote to the record labels. He sold the entire enterprise to ABC Records in 1973, although he did stay on for a while as a consultant. He died of a heart attack in Houston in 1975 at the age of 72. Diamond Don Roby himself was an interesting and controversial character. Roby reputedly made a number of unsavory practices a part of his business model. According to Jerry Lieber, the legendary songwriting team of Lieber and Stoller, Roby managed his various entertainment enterprises using violence, the threat of violence, and even murder. His business partner, Evelyn Johnson, said that, quote, he always wore a gun. I think he was impressing himself because he had no notches in those guns. It was an image he was living up to. Many of these musicians still hold him in high regard, though. Blues guitarist Pete May said, quote, I have nothing but the best of things to say about Don Roby. He did so much for so many of us. Now, Roy Head probably gets closest to where the real conflict in Roby's image comes from. Head said, quote, Singers loved him. Writers were the ones who got screwed. He was bad about that. Most of those songs were written by other people. Don would give them 25 or 50 bucks and they'd let him have their songs. Now, while he wasn't a writer himself, Roby was credited with writing or co-writing many of the songs recorded by Duke Peacock artists, either under his real name or under the pseudonym of Diedrich Malone, which was derived from his own middle name and his wife's maiden name. Many other label owners paid a pittance for songs and publishing rights, but Roby was one of the few to disguise the real writers. This has made it nearly impossible to assess who wrote what on Duke, Peacock, Backbeat, and his other labels. What is undisputed, though, was that during the 1950s, Roby owned what was described as the most successful black-owned record business in America in a deeply segregated southern city. He was a pillar of the community. His business interests also included a record store, a pressing plant, print shop, and several nightclubs. His records were profoundly influential in the development of rock and roll, soul and funk, and modern gospel, and the quality of Peacock's catalog is highly respected. Gatemouth Brown said about him, quote, he pulled off something in America that no one else ever pulled off. We had the only world-renowned black recording company. That's a nice story. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, I mean, except for the guy kills himself with a pistol. Yeah, yeah, that's a weird story. That is a weird one. But it's very interesting, um, you know, that I was looking at Houston soul singers and Houston soul and funk uh, records to kind of – add on to what we found out about Joe Tex. And and we've got another episode where we're going to talk about some of the specific, uh, a couple of the specific really big Houston singers. Not all of them uh, worked for Roby, for Peacock Records. But in in looking at that, those artists, I found more and more references to Peacock rep- Records. And so that's where this really came from. And when you start to read about it, it is a fascinating story, not just in the character, but in the fact that, you know, Houston... This record company in Houston produced some of the biggest hits of the 1950s and 60s. I mean, Treat Her Right is a huge hit, massive hit, and, and but it's not even as big a hit as Hound Dog. I mean, Big Mama Thornton's Hound Dog is, is one of the clear contenders for the invention of rock and roll. 
you know, I mean, Elvis took it and sped it up and used it. But if you listen to that, the original version of that song, that's a, that's a, that's an awesome song. You, you really should listen to it when she just wails on that song. Yeah. I mean, you can't argue with these artists and the songs. I mean, uh, I am, a, I've always been a big fan of Roy Head and that song. It's one of those funny things of that song was a hit, then it kind of went away, then it came back, other people recorded it. And then just this last year, uh, his son, Sundance Head, uh, just won The Voice. So and yeah. he actually did a performance of it. And, you know, yeah. that's nice. The the irony is, is that Roy Head is is not an African American. He's he's about as uh, as about as white a guy as you can get. But you know this song is is one of the soul classics. So it shows that you know even though you know, we're going to find a lot when we look into the one of the, some of the ironies of of African American history in Texas and the United States is that while the quote unquote white world was segregated against African Americans against blacks. Uh, the, the same wasn't the case that, that Roby was interested in making money. And if it meant, you know, hiring a white singer t- and a band to, to record for him, then he was going to do it because it was, it was not about, you know, there were the, the Peacock records was not segregated. It was, it was African-American owned, but it was not segregated. So that's a, that's an important thing to remember about his character. Well, and it's like I said, we're the only world renowned, recording company i mean like they, they were just round and they were known mm-hmm. for it so it was everybody knew who they were yeah. and they knew what they were about so yeah they were very successful so i can't argue with the with the uh the magic of a success yeah now now good luck finding and paying you know not exorbitant amounts of money for peacock records and backbeat records the actual records they are they're very valuable the, the library is extremely valuable it's been re-released several times by abc uh, various various reprintings of these records but original peacock and duke and backbeat lps and 45s uh and 33 you know uh, with singles lps and singles go find those and you're going to pay a pretty penny for them but they're going to be worth it because there's some great music on there that wraps things up for today you can find notes and links from today's show at brainstable.com We'd love to hear from you, so like and share us on Facebook, follow the show on Twitter at Texas Podcast, or go to brainstable.com and leave some feedback. You can find our show and many other great history podcasts at historypodcasters.com. And why not follow us individually, too? I'm on Twitter at Mr. Java. I'm Max Sean with two N's. And I'm Scotticus. You love this show. You love Texas. You love the soul music and the sound of Peacock Records. So get out there and tell your friends about what we're doing and leave a review on iTunes because that really helps us to find people just like you. And be a true fan. Support the show financially. You can go to patreon.com slash texaspodcast where you too can become a come-and-take-it Texas Ranger. We hope you'll join us next time and remember that even if you aren't from Texas, Texas wants you anyway.